Part of the matter, espresso, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and truth. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. Let's begin with a prayer. Lord, we uh, thank you for life. We thank you for making yourself known to us that we've been able to, um, by some miracle, and uh, past our own will and ways, understand something about you, believe in you, receive what you have to give all of us, and we just are grateful for it. We pray you'll be with our volunteers and and be with the people who are seeking out there and help us. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Back in the day, we used to hold these annual events called Heart in the Park. And we used to have hundreds and hundreds of people come and show up to these things. And we'd do open water baptisms. And over the course of seven years, we, we, we baptized hundreds of people too. Not in any denomination. It was just open water baptisms. Well, as things tend to do, especially when you change things up and tick people off, uh, our heart in the park sort of ended. And, uh, but I can't say they ended entirely because we are going to hold our final summer event on Sunday, August 20th, 2017. We're going to have food and we're going to have a final round of open water baptisms. That's Sunday, August 20th from 11.30 till 1.30 here at the Campus Church Studio. Uh, so we're thinking of uh, hot dogs and open water baptism, music and fellowship. To show how far we have fallen, uh, we are calling this heart in the parking lot. <laughs> come on, come all. Stand on the hot asphalt with us and enjoy our uh, festivities. And uh, so what is all this about our final, our last? What am I talking about? Well, last week I talked to you about the financial condition of the ministry to which some of you have generously come forward and partnered up with us. And we thank you so much. As you will hear and see over the next few months, we are going to do all we can to put your sacrifices to good work. Uh, after last week's show, I received a text from a brother, Niall, you know him probably, from Ireland. He asked if we could talk. I said no. And so the next day he tried and we finally got together. Normally, Niall is quite sarcastic lass. And he has a bit of gallows humor when he talks with me. Uh, but he was more serious than usual. And instead of my rehearsing what Niall said to me over our conversation, I've asked him to pick up uh, and call in tonight and let him just kind of reiterate what he said to me on the phone. And then after that, we'll hang up with Niall and I'll tell you what this means. So, Brother Niall, how you doing, brother? How are you, sir? Doing well. Hello. Doing well, thank you. And, I don't know what the lead-in to the call was oh. because there's a, about a 20-second or 30-second delay. Ah. So, I said you're, um, a, you're a handsome, informed, educated man who's polite, and you had something to share with me over the phone last week, and I asked you to call right. in and share it again. Right, well, um, you, so, so you lied saying that I'm handsome and yeah, educated. And I lied. Things, but I appreciate the sentiment. You're welcome. So I typed up what I wanted to say to you just as you prepare for the show. Okay. So if you just leave me to read out what I, what I typed up, and then I'll just hand it over to you, and you can take it from there. Go for it. So... Two weeks ago, I sat and I watched everyone's favorite stubborn baby boomer, Sean McCraney, tell us about the state of the ministry's financial affairs. 
it's unsurprising to hear that donations are low because engagement is low. Engagement is low for one reason only, and it was summed up to me in an unwitting sentence from a friend of mine who badges himself quite comfortably as a millennial. I tried to tell him about the show and the ministry, and the first thing he asked me for was the show's Facebook page for him to subscribe to. Having heard the ministry didn't have a Facebook page, he said, well, okay, then what's his Twitter handle? And there was an awkward silence. Mm. And he said to me, it's no wonder I haven't heard of him then. If you're not on social media these days, you don't exist in our world. So I continued to listen to McCraney tell us, I can't do it all anymore. And I sat in quiet frustration, knowing that there's so much more he could be trying, but because of his own admitted prejudices, he isn't. Share the ministry with your friends and family, he said. I nearly spat out my pumpkin spice vanilla vegan latte. <laughs> so I called him and I ranted at him for a good half an hour down the phone. And in the interest of full disclosure, I called him, among other things, an arse, a dope, a dinosaur and an idiot. <laughs> it's not something I would suggest you do in person. I typed up a seven point plan. And if employed correctly, it could possibly be of some benefit or it could be a tipping point. I told them to get a Facebook account. Millennials are not hopping from site to site. They don't want to have to remember HOM.TV, CampusChurch.TV, Alatia Media, and so on and so on. They want to take out their phone, open up one app, and see updates, updates, updates. It's generation now. It's right now. I told them to get a Twitter account and start tweeting out simple questions like, is tithing really necessary? Was Joseph Smith a prophet? Are we saved through grace or works? And you have a one minute video clip embedded in the tweet. And then that links to a five minute shred from the show and you keep it simple and you let the spirit do the rest. I told him to set up an Instagram account and take pictures of his work as an artist or works in progress or studio pics or anything else. The time we live in is intensely visual, and the more ways you can connect with people, the better chances you have of winning them to the gospel. I told him to get a Patreon account. I want to be able to see the causes I donate to on one screen, along with the benefits of being a patron, patron-only posts, bonus content, reward levels, and so on. I'll leave Sean to explain the rest, and leave him to decide what he does from here on in. I finished the call with a mini rant telling him that this is not about McCraney's like or dislike of certain social media platforms. This is about bringing lost people to God through any means available, even if it means using Facebook and its two billion accounts. Finally, I said, if you have to turn off the lights this year or next year, will you be able to look God in the eye and honestly say you did everything you could? I finished with, the grow in Galer, because I do have love in my heart for you all over there, and I hope that you take some or all of my advice on board. McCraney, it's over to you. My brother, I love you. Now hear what that we're going to do. Okie dokie. All right, bye-bye. So he talked to me like that, uh, actually a little bit more emphatically, and uh, I, it really set me back in my head. And I've had people all the time telling me, but what you need to do, what you need to do. But I had such a personal resistance. 
So let me just take a walk really quickly through our recorded ministry, and along the way I'm going to explain what we're going to do. We began by addressing the LDS, you know that, major thriving part of the ministry. Uh, as the content continues to be seen throughout the world, we get we emails every day throughout the world on this inner, this content. But as Niall pointed out, I have long refused to get involved with social media outlets due to my personal dinosaur-like, his words not mine, disdain for it all. And even our YouTube presence was not authored by us. Years ago, a guy named Andreas in Norway decided to put us on YouTube, and that's how we got known on YouTube, and it was a godsend. Uh, now we do put our own YouTube stuff up, but we haven't done anything else. Much to the behest of Seth and, and Wendy and other people who are very involved in social media. And uh, I am convinced that Heart of the Matter content cannot go away. Uh, the content is good. I personally have changed, but the delivery of how I was then still reaches people in a certain market and certain segment. And it's incumbent on this ministry to ensure that those shows are readily ex accessible through all avenues available, like what Niall just said through all avenues available. At the same time, I can't, in association with new live shows called Heart of the Matter, I can't do Heart of the Matter and, um, and say our Facebook, our Twitter. I, I personally can't because I, for 11 years, I have been against social media with people who are coming out of Mormonism and coming to know the Lord. And that's just, for you it may not matter, but for me, it's something, uh, a standard. So it, I would be a sellout in, in essence because um, I've mocked Facebook and Instagram as representing things that are not part of the good news. So I'm personally sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place and my pride has not allowed me the content to be readily known through these social media avenues. So this is what we're going to do. First, and we had a meeting before the show with a number of key people in the ministry and we all sat and, and kind of talked. We're going to progressively install and implement and roll out and promote Heart of the Matter through all social media outlets. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, continued podcasts, Patreon, perhaps even our own app. And this automatically is going to expose our content to the two billion, even though it's not gonna hit everybody like that, but it's gonna hit a lot more people. And everything that Niall recommended we are going to do and more, Wendy's had some other ideas, we're going to follow his directive and uh, get the content out there because I don't want to uh, stand before God and say I didn't do everything I possibly could. I think timing is important with this too. I am now pretty well set in what I believe. Uh, you watched me over the past 11 years kind of go back and forth on different things, not knowing what I believe because I hadn't really done a, 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 a pure search of scripture over certain topics. And I just read and accepted what people had told me. But now I'm pretty sure what I believe. So now I think it's a good time that we can roll out all our LDS stuff, our content. And um, so this will take continued support. Heart of the Matter will live on. You got that? Heart of the Matter, we have enough hour-long shows to last almost two years daily. So Wendy cuts them up into pieces. That's, we can probably do enough pieces to last 20 years and supply people with new things in, in social media. So we're not lacking any content. Um, and, and plus it's gonna make our critics and our naysayers and people who hate us really unhappy out there that we are going to now do this with our content. And that makes me quite happy. 
but in addition to these changes, we're also going to continue to promote campuschurch.tv through the same social media things. And that means all those same things that Niall talked about campus will then be now is going to be engaged in all of those things. And we're going to integrate our uh, live teachings every Sunday to people to write in and call in. And we've started to do that. And we have groups in the state who I go and meet with during the week and we talk to them. I'm going to meet a group this Thursday uh, and talk to them about what, ca what uh, campus is doing and teaching. We have people who have left their church and said, what, what do we do? So uh, uh, I have ardently stood against promotion, promoting campus or heart of the matter, but I think We've finally gotten to our, ourselves to the point where we should. Your continued support and prayers and sharing all these things now that they're available through social media is vital. Heart of the matter, content's not going away. The ministry's not going away. Campus is not going away. Having said all that, heart of the matter shows, new ones on Tuesday night streaming out to you are going to go from now until October 24th of this year. And during that time, we're going to do interviews with people who have been LDS, who have come out of the faith, who have come to know the Lord, have ministries themselves. Next week, our first week of doing this, we're going to have Bishop Earl Erskine. You know him from Ex-Mormon Files fame. He's going to come. We're going to just talk about what, how, what happened with him, where it started, how many people he's interviewed, what his website is, how many people uh, he's gone and talked to in different churches, what's happened to him in his faith his family, all that stuff. We're just going to spend these next few uh, seven, 16 weeks talking to people. The last show on October 24th is going to be with my wife. And we're going to talk about everything that we have gone through together in our marriage and, and coming out of the faith and, and coming to know the Lord and then what's happened here and all this stuff. And that's going to end heart of the matter once and for all. No more, no more Rusty Cage, no more intro song, no more of this set. No more live streaming to talk about Mormonism. Done, in the can, now just promoted through social media. And then one week later on Tuesday night, October 31st, that's Halloween, uh, we are going to launch a new program with a new set, a new purpose, and a brand new direction to a specifically targeted audience. We're going to promote through all social media avenues again to that target audience. We are going to advertise in that target audience's media. We're going to make ourselves known to that target audience. We have a new book in the works. It's a volume like this thick. It's almost, well, it's not almost done. It's about halfway done. I'm, I'm frantically trying to get it together. It's being edited. We're getting it uh, typeset. It's going to be available for 99 cents online to the people in this targeted group. Very cheap for them to download and have access to the whole thing. And we're gonna go after that group and we're gonna have that site and everybody can access this stuff through their devices. Campus Church will play a supportive role as we focus on some guerrilla marketing to this group. And when Niall called me, I heard what he was saying and he was right. And his words helped me realize that there are these issues in the ministry and we anticipate that we could lose some of you. We understand that. I don't think you're, you're gonna, the people who have remained with us, Seth told me just a minute ago that we have about a, a thousand people every week who tune in to Heart of the Matter around the world. You guys have been with us through thick and thin. You've heard all the crazy stuff. 
you've gone through Chomsky with me, so, and you've remained. I think that what we're going to do on this new show, and it's going to be fantastic, the set, the setup, the music, the stuff that's going to happen with it, we're very excited about, especially to who it's going to. And uh, so we truly thank you guys who have persevered with us. I mean, that means a lot. You've seen a lot of things. You've had your faith challenged and tested. And uh, many of you have gotten fed up with our discussions, insights, and suggestions. For some, the abandonment started early. When we started off in ministry and said, born again Mormon, a person could be Mormon and born again and stay in the LDS church, that was a deal breaker. And for others, it was when we said active temple attending Mormons should never be president of the United States. We had a large segment, we have the emails to prove it, of people who said, evangelical Christians who said, you should leave uh, people running for president, Mormon or not, alone. We need them in our country. And we lost a huge segment then. Others walked when we started focusing on Christian churches instead of Mormonism. We lost a segment then. And then the mutiny grew when I publicly challenged the term Trinity and uh, what it really taught. That was really the thing that got everybody ticked off. And then we've seen mass exoduses over our stance on the second coming, eschatology. We've seen people leave over eternal punishment, question uh, fiery hell torment. And recently people have got fed up over my using Chomsky, Noam Chomsky, a noted socialist, to compare what his insights were to what's happening in the Christian church. I mean, we've had a number of people who are saying, I'm a communist. I'm not a communist. Uh, But doing that is so, you've been totally filtered down. If you're still with us, I mean, I salute you because you have hung in and you've heard it all. And yet you know that we love the Lord and we want to worship him in spirit and truth. And we want to seek doctrine out that is true. And we're willing to change and repent if we're wrong. We're willing to call people out if we think it's not right. And we're going to continue to do that with this new uh, target audience. So um, watching these things over the years, I realized that for our core message to have an actual and true place and purpose in this world, it has to be heard by those who are willing, seeking the truth, no matter what the cost is, and challenge things they have blindly upheld to be uh, valid. One thing, and I'll stand kind of not proudly, but I stand proudly on this, is that we use the Bible, not in some cherry-picking way. We use the Bible to support our claims. And I very rarely have anybody say, uh, you, you, you don't use the Bible correctly. They just say, I disagree with your interpretation of what the Bible says. Well, I disagree with their interpretation of what the Bible says. But I very rarely have people saying, you're just making things out of thin air. They just say, I just don't like the way you're interpreting the content of the Bible. So I, I, people, no matter what the cost is to their ego or what they want to believe, um, they have followed us and stuck with, stuck with us. So, of course, we uh, have our outline and our on-air run-ins with the powers that be in the faith and watched as some people who, appre- who appreciated our stances at one time no longer do, and they've called me a heretic and a false prophet. I don't know how I could be a false prophet. I've never been a prophet. And an irresponsible leader, and, of course, communist, and not a Christian, and unsaved cult leader, 
vitriol. And uh, I'll stand before God right as I talk to you tonight with my heart. I rip my chest open. I stand before him as trying to be as honest, authentic, and fair in my use of the Bible and sharing it with people as I possibly can. Mentally ill, sure. Does it play in? Yeah, I'm sure it does. But there are, I have tried, and I will stand before God. Uh, kill me now and take me. I'll stand before him and say, read my heart. And I can sort of proudly, humbly proudly say, I have tried to do that. So we're going to begin next week with Bishop Earl Erskine on ex, of ex-Mormon Files fame. And then we're going to get ready for our new direction coming up. Remember, we're going to have open water baptisms, our final heart in the parking lot on Sunday, August 20th. After that, prepare for the final show on October 24th. And then be here for a grand celebratory night, unless you're out worshiping Satan on Halloween. Um, It's a joke. It's a joke. You can come here on Halloween as we launch uh, the new show, and you'll see what it's all about. See the new set. See the new approach. And we're really excited for that. Let's open up the phone lines, uh, 801-590-8413, 801-590-8413. While the operators are clearing your call, we have James on line one with an uh, LDS with a question. We'll come back to James right after this spot. We spent the first seven years talking about Mormonism and trying to get people to come out of Mormonism, and I just embraced all that modern Christianity was without thinking too much about it. Once I stopped focusing on Mormonism and we began to look around to see what LDS people are going to, I was appalled. That threw me into seeking and trying to understand the Bible. And I realized there are as many divergent, opposing positions on main theological issues as there are agreements. It really blew my mind. So what happens is you're saying people leave Mormonism, leave Mormonism, they come out and then they go into a Pentecostal church, Presbyterian church, five point Calvinist, or they go into a Jesus only church and it's endless. And so we started thinking, what is the root cause of that? And the root cause is taking the Bible, applying it to your life right now and saying, it has to be this way rather than that. And so we wrote a book and it's called Knife to a Gunfight. And the premise of that is we're misinterpreting the purpose and place of the New Testament. We've taken it and we've said, we are going to use it as a manual on how everybody has to be a new law. When in reality, it should be a spiritual map. It should be a book that teaches us about God through the history of the Jews and the Gentiles and the early church. And it shouldn't become a knife that we stab each other with. The spirit is the gun. The spirit is what slays us all. And so if you're a truth seeker and you really want to worship God in spirit and in truth, consider this book and the concepts in it.
as Niall would say, a tip of the hat to Cassidy, our, our, our spot filmmaker, daughter, and Mallory, who did supplied us with uh, music for that. Let's go to James on line three. He's got a question. James, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, Sean. Hi. Hi, yes, uh, I have a question. Yes. I saw in your testimony on YouTube that you found Jesus. Tell me, how do I get to heaven right now? How do you get to heaven right now, James? Yeah, well, that's my question. Well, let me ask you, do you believe uh, in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that if you believe on him, you will have everlasting life? Uh, yes. Here's the thing. I think I got saved a while back, but even shortly after, um, I've always had doubts. Um, I, I go to a Baptist church, uh -huh. and I'm just trying to get straight up why do I feel like I'm not saved. Every gospel tract I read, I get conviction. Um, if I'm in a service at the end, I get conviction I'm not saved every time. But uh, <laughs> one night, I saw the scene from The Passion of the Christ, and I broke down in tears because I realized I was a sinner. And uh, I fully, and I knew that God loved me. I knew that um, Jesus died on the cross for me and everything. And um, I asked God to forgive me. And, um, and I knew God wanted me to change my life, and he did. I used to have major uh, germophobia to where I was paralyzed on the couch, but God uh, helped me to change. But uh, shortly, and I was getting close to the Lord and everything, but shortly after that, I started getting doubts. And I don't know if I missed something, if I'm supposed to say, if maybe because I only asked God to forgive me, I didn't say I accept Jesus in my heart, or I didn't say I accept Jesus as my Savior. Because that, on that night, I didn't think about eternity. I just was so consumed with how long I was before God. And I'm just trying to figure out why I have doubts and everything. And I think there's something I'm misunderstanding about the gospel. James, just listening to you right here, and you know, this is... is certainly could be faulty, but you sound like somebody, you know, the, the germaphobe side of your personality that causes that. It sounds like you want things, um, you, you have to have things really certain and you want to make sure all bases are covered and maybe it's a bit of a obsessive type deal or maybe a little bit of a control issue with your surroundings. And so therefore, if you assign that personality trait that you have to knowing you are saved, it's going to be difficult because you're always going to go back and say, maybe I'm not. You know, that's what, you know, that's what happened to Martin Luther. He tried to do everything possible. And at the end of the day, he would lay in his bed and say, maybe I missed something and, and, and I'm not right. And that's when he realized from the scripture that it's by God's grace that you are saved, not of anything you do, anything you do or don't do, James. You haven't been saved because you're a good guy or you crossed every T or dotted every I. You haven't been saved because you are a perfect non-sinner. You've been saved as a sinner who doesn't dot every I and every T. You've been saved by Christ Jesus shed blood by God telling you, if you believe on my son, you're saved. So we walk by faith. We do not walk by feelings. We don't walk by certainty. We don't walk by assurities that tell us absolutely. What we do is we say, I'm going to trust God and his promise. 
and I'm going to trust him realizing that I'm going to lust for women still. I might steal something in a weak moment. I might look at porn. I might swear at my neighbor. I might get drunk. But you are saved because you have trusted God who said, I'll give you my son, believe on him, and you have salvation. Do you get it? Yes, so it's not how many sins I can turn away from or how much I can surrender. It's just um, our trust in Jesus alone, correct? That's it. And sometimes even that faith is going to waver. And sometimes you even in your faith are going to say, well, I'm not so sure I trust him enough. That is not it either. He, by His grace, saves you. We do it by our faith in His Son, but He is the one who has said, my grace is sufficient for you, James, even when you go into states of doubt, even when you fail. You get it? That's how powerful He is to save you and how it's not in your hands. Okay, so I need to stop worrying about trying to make Him more completely and stop trying to repent of everything. It's just His correct? It's him. Do you believe that? And that's the hard part is we in our flesh have trouble believing that sometimes. But that's really what it is. Do, will you, when you want to say, well, I better do my part or I'm failing again, he doesn't. You look to him and say, I trust you, God. I see. So when I believed that Jesus did die for me and I knew I was a sinner and I knew God loved me, that when I, when I believe, that's, that's the moment of salvation. That's it, brother. That's it. And that is so difficult for people who are religious or people who are obsessive. Maybe like you, sometimes I'm that way. That it's so hard for us to get that we couldn't do it in our flesh and we never will. And so his son did it in his and God sent him to do it. And we are so blessed to know that. So trust in him, James. Not in yourself. So, I see. So when I, when I ask God to forgive me, it's not only that I get forgiveness, but I also got eternal life too. Well, let me ask you. When you're asking God to forgive you, hasn't he already forgiven you? Well, yes. Jesus is better. So he's just waiting for us to accept. Okay, you already accepted it though, right? Yes. So when you ask God to forgive you, that becomes a, uh, a cycle of repentance that religion really builds upon. What you're really asking God to do is give you more faith and more love. You're asking him, you're saying, I'm sorry I'm weak in my flesh for failing in my faith, for failing to love. And it's not, I'm sorry that today I did this. I'm sorry that today I did that. And that's another thing that's really hard to understand because the sin has been taken care of. It's done, and if you trust that, you're not constantly trying to fix that sin. You are trusting that he already took care of that sin. Do you get the difference? Yes. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I believe. Um, as I started serving God in my Baptist church and everything, I knew none of that was gonna get me to heaven. I just did it because I knew God wanted me to. Yeah. I mean, he loves a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And when you offend him and you offend your fellow man, sure, your heart's going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. But the repenting and needing to get all that, he's done that for you. You just need to grow in your faith. Pray, James, that God builds your faith. Pray that he helps you in your love. But really step back off all the things you're worried about and him not doing his job. He's done it. I see. So it's literally John 3.16. That's the way to get to heaven. There you go, brother. 
You got it. Trust him. Trust him, James. I will. All right, my friend. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Sean. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. We're going to Charlie in West Valley. Charlie, you're on Heart of the Matter. Oh, hi, Sean. Hi. Um, I, uh, I was just listening to your last caller, James. Uh, you know, I just brought a scripture came to mind uh, that he should read Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, uh, where if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you know, you will be saved. Praise God. He should read that a few times, and I'm sure that'll he'll take that to heart to realize that it's through faith in Christ alone that we're saved. Amen. And uh, this was kind of yelling at you a little bit tonight because you scared the heck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> we, thought, we thought it was we're going we're going bye bye. <laughs> I was thinking, oh great, here I am. All my uh, my uh, my uh, religious buddies are gone now since no. uh, you know I've been with you in the last few years and I am a preterist and come to to view that uh, truth I was thinking wow here we go now we're out here again by ourselves no but, hey Charlie let me interrupt you really quickly just to reiterate for the audience we are we're doing the opposite of going away we're getting stronger now because now we are going to be out there more and so opposite of going away that, that that's awesome i i have someone i work with who is a, uh, a millennial and uh, he was just bringing up chomsky the other day and i'm definitely gonna put him on the facebook awesome <laughs> so and we're just we're just dinosaurs that's just who we are it's <laughs> all right but but you know i just since i've been with you sean we've been i've been with you from the beginning on on things I think maybe I am one of the filtered few. I just uh, want to say we really respect you and appreciate you for being so transparent. And you know, those who can't turn and look at the truth of what the scripture says are people that just want to be told what to think instead of truly seek. I, I, very, I find very few Christians today that want to even debate end times or even debate or talk no. about what the Bible truly says when Jesus said, you know, they, you say, well, did Jesus lie or did he really return? And they say, well, you just, I, you just can't, you can't get anything else from them. They just turn and run. Yeah. So I really, I really appreciate your honesty and transparency. Well, that's all God. You know that, Charlie. <laughs> We love you, brother. That's all I have to say. Love you, too. Thanks so much for, I like that, the filtered few. <laughs> Thanks for being one of them, my brother. You bet. Bye-bye. We're going to Andrew in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, on line one. Andrew, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, Sean. Uh, hey, good to talk to you. Um, uh, I'll just make this quick. Um, over here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I just wanted to say that, you know, just how much you've uh, helped me through the years. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life, but um, my mom made me listen to Linton Wilder's uh, book on tape, you know, Unveiling Grace. Yeah. And it turned me on to you. Oh. And, you know, I've just, uh, I've watched, you know, I've been watching for years and kind of watched your back, the backlog and, 
you know, my daughter and I listen to her every night. You know, not every night, but, you know, we'll just put on Heart of the Matter when we go to bed and just kind of helps her. She's 10, so just plant the seed um, of, you know, loving Jesus. And, awesome. And it's, uh, you know, it's just uh, just uh, very happy for you and all that you've done. And, um, yeah, you've got quite a, quite a quite a folder full of, well, the things you've done, and just uh, just want to call and just say how appreciative uh, I am. Well, Andrew, I I love your brother, and I appreciate that. It 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 uh, helps uh, the spirit, but you know, you sound like a great dad. Any dad who would introduce their daughter, ten years old, to truths and spend time teaching them, uh, you know, praise God for men like you. And uh, I look forward to meeting you someday, my friend. Awesome, sounds good, and I just want to say hi to. Abby, and uh, again, thank you very much. All right, thank you. Talk to you later. All right, talk to you. Bye-bye. Tonight's Heart of the Matter Espresso. Next week, Bishop Earl Erskine from Ex-Mormon Files fame. We'll see you here on Heart of the Matter. I'm on a ride Going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the wind And I won't be coming out, I'm going This man's awake, a storm's arising the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know And I can feel the light-filled monkeys start to 